0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Kindest Regards. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. I'm going to get straight into it today. I've got a big mix of stuff to talk about, but the first segment is going to be on imposter syndrome. If you haven't heard about what imposter syndrome is, this will be super new to you. But if you have, I guess it'll be sort of about my journey battling imposter syndrome and also just discussing some of the signs that you might have it and how to kind of conquer it in your career and in your day-to-day life. Then we're going to jump into something a little bit lighter, which is all things the festive season. I have definitely gotten into the festivities (laughs) early this year and I don't care. And I know that some of you guys are going to judge me for that because it's only November, but I'm going to talk through how I'm getting into the festive season and some Christmas promises that I've made to myself and then something a little bit controversial potentially at the end i'm gonna have a chat about my thoughts on cosmetic enhancements i didn't just whip this out of nowhere i have had a few questions from you guys about whether or not i've had any cosmetic enhancements um if so what they are and just my thoughts more generally on the topic so stay tuned Okay, jumping right into it. As I said, the first segment, I'm going to chat about imposter syndrome. More generally, if you guys have no idea what the heck I'm talking about or you haven't heard this term before, I think it's probably unlikely. It's definitely been a bit of a buzz term in recent times. I've seen it in a lot of places and heard people on a lot of different podcasts talking about it. But imposter syndrome is basically believing that your success is... A result of something other than your own effort and skill um, and it hasn't been something that you've achieved yourself like it's so so common and it's definitely more of a female thing um, but imposter syndrome can be really debilitating and it can actually rob you in my opinion of a lot of the really special moments and achievements in your life it it has the ability to completely suck the joy out of those moments and those achievements and that can be really heartbreaking particularly like I've watched myself have imposter syndrome and it can be really shitty and I think I'm getting better as I get older and more aware of my own self-talk I'm definitely getting better at stopping myself in my tracks and being like no like give yourself a pat on the back that was all you but sort of my early 20s I didn't really have that mentality. So basically, imposter syndrome, like I said, it, it can sort of make you not feel great about where you are in you potentially like I'm definitely talking more about like it could be academic achievements or um, your career. I'm sure people feel this way about their relationships. I would say that I don't really have this feeling about my relationships or my like re- my romantic relationship but I've definitely had these feelings about my career and any success that I've had in that area of my life I think it just makes you feel like you don't really deserve to be there like all your self talk kind of runs the show and kind of makes you feel like you're there because of luck and timing rather than your own achievements and ability and working hard When obviously nine times out of 10, it's the latter and it isn't just luck and timing. I would say, I know that my mom has spoken to me about this a little bit, like being a psychologist, that men tend to externalize their failures and women internalize failure. Meaning, just say like a man fucked up at work. Oh, I just said fuck on this podcast. I don't know if I've ever sworn before. Anyway, not important. A A man fucks up at work basically they would be more likely to attribute that failure to, oh, well, I wasn't given enough time to do that task or oh my boss didn't explain explain the concept well enough or, oh, I should have delegated. Like, you know, I should have given that to someone else. That wasn't my responsibility. So the reason that they failed is because of external factors that really have nothing to do with them. It's not because they lack any ability. Whereas women tend to do the complete opposite and internalize failure. So if you were to mess something up at work, it would be like, I'm not good enough. I'm terrible at this job. I don't deserve to be here. You know, it's very much making it like it's no one else's fault. Nothing else contributed to it. It's your own inability to do it that created the problem. And that's obviously a really toxic spiral because it does play obviously into more traditional stereotypes about men and women you know and i think that it's super important to be aware of these tendencies so that we can break that cycle and i'm proud that i'm getting a little bit better at it but i think i i still find myself doing it at different times um particularly at work, like more recently got a lot of good feedback. Being at the end of the quarter, we get formal feedback on, you know, the engagements that we've worked on and, you know, what you're like to work with. And I got such amazing feedback and it was so heartwarming to read it and really encouraging. But almost immediately I thought caught myself thinking like, that's So crazy that people feel that way about me, but I work hard and I love my job and I really love being a part of the team I'm a part of. Why wouldn't people think that about me? And that's not being arrogant at all, but if I sucked at my job and I didn't work hard, then that would be, I would expect to get bad feedback, but I don't. So why am I resisting good feedback? Like it's just so silly. You should be like, wow, that's amazing. I'm so glad people feel that way about me. Goes to show you work hard, you make an effort you know with relationships at work and you make an effort with your job and are always trying to advance yourself it pays off which is what i should have thought but automatically i'm like oh my god this is so unexpected and crazy and wow and you know and i think that that's really sad that that's the default like there's and and i think everyone is prone to doing this but it can be really really toxic i actually found a list i think that this is really kind of helpful and we'll definitely show you guys if you if any of you are suffering from imposter syndrome but i have a list of sort of obviously imposter syndrome isn't like a diagnosable psychological condition it's more of just like a, a society has pegged these as sort of all amounting to imposter syndrome but just if you aren't sure if you suffer from it (laughs) It sounds so serious when you say suffer from it but some of the traits of imposter syndrome are doubting yourself often and always wanting to ask someone else's opinion on your decisions so i guess not having the confidence or the ability to like back yourself even if you have the experience and the knowledge and there's no reason why you wouldn't know that you still see seek outside opinions because you doubt your ability to have good judgment second one is having the difficulty owning accomplishments so you attribute any success to external factors just talked about that one you obsess and agonize over even the smallest mistake that you made I'm so guilty of this. I'm such a perfectionist in almost every single aspect of my life, and it doesn't leave a lot of room for error. So if I do make an error, which is human and normal to uh, is to human to be human, but. It does like eat me alive and I will think about it like before I go to sleep and just kick myself and it's so stupid because I teflon the positives and velcro the negatives and all the good things someone could say 10 good things to me and one negative and I will like replay the negative in my mind and I know that the brain has a negativity bias but it's so toxic and you do have to unlearn it so trying your best not to obsess and agonize over these things and rather just go yeah well I mean learn something for next time feeling undeserving of your job or relationship i guess that's sort of self-explanatory thinking that things are too good to be true being fearful of not living up to expectations so you either overachieve or opt out completely so i guess You know, feeling like you have self doubt, so you'll always aim super, super high to try and overcome those feelings of self doubt, or you might have a tendency to quit and bail out when things get hard because that fear of failure is just like too much. Then sabotage things when they're going well. I guess that's true. I don't really do that. I don't think I'm a self sabotager, but I can see how that would be a symptom of imposter syndrome. Thinking that others will find out that you're a fraud. That's like super dark. I guess just thinking that you're undeserving of things and that people are going to find out that you're undeserving of it, whether it's true or not. Not thinking you've done or accomplished enough. So I guess like nothing's ever good enough. You could win a Nobel Prize and it's like, oh, well, what's next? And then being overly concerned with what others think of you and constantly looking for approval. I think that's probably why in many ways imposter syndrome has become... Like such a big thing now, because we live in such a comparative society. Like we spend all of our time seeking validation from people we know, people we don't know. We're constantly comparing ourselves to others, whether it be realistic or not realistic. I feel like imposter syndrome is so rife because we have have the ability at all times twenty four seven to compare ourselves to others. So we have this unrealistic, unachievable expectation of ourselves, which. I don't know just like breeds this whole concept like in and of itself it just feeds on itself so i don't even know what i guess for me i've definitely been working on my self-talk and you know i'm approaching the end of my double degree which is amazing i'm so happy to have that part of my life done and dusted i'm gonna make such a huge effort when i'm done with this summer my last unit over summer. And I do finish, I'm gonna make the biggest effort to really take time to pat myself on the back. I'm gonna just dwell in it for a little while and be like, that was really hard. That was really long. And you did it while working and like, go you. (laughs) Which to some people might seem like really self indulgent, but it's not. Like, it was really tough and no one else did it for me. I did it the whole way through and I deserve to feel good about that and that goes for any achievement that you have in your life big or small you deserve to feel good about that and enjoy it and pat yourself on the back and and remember that it wasn't luck it wasn't timing it was through hard work and discipline when motivation lacked and I think it's not but we're sort of brought up to see that as being conceited or vain or self-indulgent and it's not it's okay to pat yourself on the back when you do something well and something that you worked hard for so i guess my overarching tip for everyone suffering from some of these symptoms <laughs> whether it be all of them or one of them really focus on your self talk and think about what you'd say to your best friend and you wouldn't be undermining their achievements so i don't know why we do it to ourselves mm-hmm. Okay, jumping into something light and bright and glittery and exciting, which is getting into the festive season. I would say that I have gotten into the festive season earlier than I ever have before. It's as of recording, very, you know, early November. And I have just been i found myself on the christmas side of tiktok i don't know what happened but november 1st the second halloween ended i think i have a lot of americans on my for you page and everyone just seemed to be injected directly into the veins with festive spirits and it just completely took over my just whole life, the festivities. I was just like, all right, forget it. I don't care that it's early. I don't care if people think it's crazy. I'm getting into it. So the things that I've already done is I went down into the depths of our garage and got our big Christmas tub. I dug everything out from last year. Our Christmas tree was still in good nick. So whipped that out, put that next to our TV, Decorated. I always tend to go for a gold green classic kind of vibe. Put our star on top, no better feeling. That was the first thing that I did. We don't have a massive Christmas tree because in our apartment, I think it would look a little ridiculous and it would be very dominating. So we just have like a sort of a medium sized Christmas tree, but it's enough. I also live with the Grinch. Tom is not a Christmas guy. Um, he gets into the spirit for me and only for me. And I don't know why he's such a grinch. He was brought up in a Christmas loving family. And so was I, so I don't know what it is. I think it's just, it's just a lot for him. I think he just thinks the festive season's just, there's a lot going on, which is fine. And he's living with a very festive gal. So praise be with him honestly I don't know how he copes with it but in saying that he's been very kind we went to Bunnings we got Christmas lights he bought all the Christmas lights and he put them on our veranda and our balcony and did it for me because he knows that I love it so God bless him um so our apartment is starting to look very festive I have a smaller like decorative tree on our coffee table I'm definitely excited to go raid Kmart and Target and Bed Bath and Table and all those Christmassy shops that really go hard. I am planning on getting some new ornaments, some new little things. I really want to get us like some cream stockings with like our initials on it. I don't even know if we're going to bother putting anything in them because I can't imagine that we are, but it's still cute and it just it brings the festive cheer into the living room um this is my first christmas where my, i'm not going to be spending it with my mum. she and her partner are heading off to canada for christmas which is super exciting but with everything going on next year with our wedding and our honeymoon we have opted to stay in australia for christmas so that will be super weird but i still get to spend it with my dad and my sister and i'm actually spending a lot of it with tom's family this year which is super nice and different so This Christmas, I am placing a big emphasis on baking. I'm going to bake this Christmas. Now, a fun fact about me, I'm a terrible cook, but I'm not a terrible baker. I can wrap my head around baking. I don't know what it is. Cooking, it's a no. Baking, big yes from me. So I'm going to go with the cookies and the cake. I'm going to make a proper Christmas cake. And I've made my Pinterest public so you guys can go to my Christmas 2022 board. I've got a lot of cake inspo in there and I'm going to be going hard and maybe I'm going to make multiple cakes. I'm not even sure, but I'm going for it and I'm going to make it happen. I also thought for a minute, I'm actually thinking I'm probably not going to do this because it just requires a lot of effort and I don't know if I'm here for it, but I love it that my dad is so old school and he sends Christmas cards in the mail every single year to everyone that his life has ever touched. I get messages from all my friends from high school, from everyone being like, oh my flipping God, I got a Christmas card from your dad. And every year it just like makes my whole life. And I think it's the cutest thing. And I don't, I, there's something about it that I really do love. And I think I've inherited that very old school letter writing, note writing, writing, vibe. So I'm potentially going to get some custom Christmas cards and send them out to my immediate circle. A bit old school, but I love it. And I think I'm going to also make a big huge effort with my Christmas wrapping this year. <laughs> I'm not the world's best wrapper. I'm impatient by nature, so I tend to rough and rush. I don't rough. What was I trying to say there? I intend to rush the wrapping. Um, And I tend to just like do the easy thing. But again, being on the Christmas side of TikTok, I've gotten some really cool inspo about easy wrapping tips that just look really cool and really extra and that I love. So I'm going to make a bit of an effort. Another exciting thing is the girls in Tom's family being his sister, myself, and his brother's girlfriend got his mum for her birthday, A all of us to go to Michael Buble in December. And there is nothing that puts me in the festive spirit more than Michael Buble, which is probably why Tom hates Christmas so much because I blast that shit all day, every day. I just... I think I'm going to do it till the day I die that's just he comes out of like that meme of Michael Bublé being like the time of the year when he comes out of his cage and he just like comes out of that big it's just epic I just everything about Michael Bublé screams Christmas so I think the fact we're going to be seeing him in concert is just going to bring my festive cheer to a whole nother level but I understand that it is early in november and a lot of people are just like what the heck are you doing being festive already like i understand december 1st that's the time most people get their christmas decorations out but you know what we've been through a lot the last couple of years with covid and isolating and christmas being just the only ray of light and i feel like who cares but I want to, it's, it's called the festive season. It's, it, it could be two months. It could be one month. It could be three months. Who cares? There was one time in my family where we didn't take our tree down until like July. And that was the best year of my life. I don't care about, you know, what's traditional. So don't listen to the haters. If you want to whip out your Christmas decorations, go and do it. All right. To wrap up this episode, I'm going to chat about a potentially controversial topic and I don't know if it's controversial. I don't think it should be controversial. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion on this one and it definitely varies from person to person as it should and I just want to put a big... fat huge disclaimer on this section to say that this is just my opinion. You don't have to feel this way. You're entitled to not get things done, get things done. Everyone is different. And I really don't think that there's a right answer to this question, but I have gotten messages from people asking my thoughts on it. So I'm going to give them, but I'm definitely not going to entertain any hate on this segment because I'm entitled to my opinion, but quick disclaimer, obviously everyone can have their own thoughts on this one. So it's probably a safe place to start that I, honest to God, hands on heart, have never had any cosmetic procedures done and or plastic surgery. At this stage in my life, there will absolutely 100% be a time in the future, whenever that may be, where I will engage in injectables for a cosmetic purpose. I know myself. I know that I will. At this stage in my life, I definitely don't think that there is a need or a reason for me to be getting any cosmetic injectables that is not to say that I don't agree with other people getting them. A lot of my friends do and have. They look great. It makes them feel better. It makes them feel good. And I think in that sense, it's not harmful. I think cosmetic injectables are as safe as they've probably ever been in terms of regulation and access. But in saying that, Obviously, like Botox and filler can be metabolized through your system. So it's not like going and getting plastic surgery and it's an irreversible change. So if you are wanting to get something done, it is probably a very safe option because if you hate it or you don't want to get it done again your body will metabolize the Botox or the filler and it will fade so in that sense I just don't think it's that big of a deal I do think it's a little bit sad to see everyone's uniqueness being really diluted because I do feel like everyone's starting to look the same because everyone's getting the same procedures done. And I think that's a little bit sad because I feel like the uniqueness of your face and your features gets a little bit lost in the filler and the Botox. And that can be a real shame. But in saying that, if you feel good about the way that your face looks and you think that you look better that way then you have every right to want to do it, I just know that people are going to ask me this, but I have gotten since high school questions about my lips and whether or not I've had my lips done. I've never had my lips done. I hand on heart have never had them done. If you met me in person you can tell that I haven't had my lips done. There's definitely that puffiness and the line like your lip line is a little bit swollen and non-defined when you've had your lips done. They don't even look like they've been done. They're not nowhere near as round and perfect as People that have had filler, but the, I've just always had bigger lips. When I was a child, it looked weird because my face was just—I hadn't grown into my features, so they always looked a little bit crazy. Obviously, since the trend of having bigger lips has come in, I'm grateful, but I—I de- I haven't had them done. I've had a lot of people ask on TikTok where I get my lips done, and then when I say that I don't get them done, call me a liar. I'm not. I, you can ask anyone. I have never had my lips done. I even remember when I first started dating Tom, he didn't believe that I hadn't had them done. And then we went into lockdown together. And obviously that was months and months and months and months of being in isolation, not being able to do anything like that. And he was like, oh yeah, they didn't move. They stayed the same. Yeah. Classic. I'm like, okay, well, good to know. Told you. Hadn't had them done. I will say There is one procedure that I have had done, but it wasn't for cosmetic reasons. So I don't see it as like a cosmetic enhancement because my face looks no different. There's nothing about my face that changed. But I have TMJ, which is Temporomandibular Jaw Disorder. It's basically an issue with my jaw muscles. They're very, very overstimulated and overactive, and they cause a lot of migraines, a lot of grinding, and it's a real issue. For me, I was getting a lot of therapy done on my jaw, physiotherapy, and even my chiropractor attempted to ease some of the suffering of my jaw pain to no avail. The last option for me was to get Botox in my masseters, which are the muscles in your jaw. So when you open and close your mouth, you can feel that the muscles that move right on the edge of your jaw near your earlobe, they are your masseters and they basically inject Botox into those muscles to relax them so that they stop clenching and by default, that muscle isn't super, super tense and it doesn't cause headaches. I got half the recommended dose to see if it worked for me. I wouldn't say I've had a huge change in terms of the headaches. I still get them. I'm thinking of getting the full dose to see if it helps. My face looks no different because it obviously wasn't for anything cosmetic. Um, the face of my, this the, the shape of my face hasn't changed at all. You would never know that I'd had it done because I obviously didn't you know, get it done for that reason. I did discuss full transparency with the lady that did the Botox in my masseters. If there was anything that she thought needed (laughs) any lift in any way. And she said, look, it would be really irresponsible for me to tell you to get anything done because I wanted potentially to get a little bit of Botox in my forehead. And she just went, I'm sorry, but you don't have any wrinkles in your forehead. You just, it's not where your wrinkles are gonna go because of just the way that your face is um i've also already got very puffy cheeks so if i got filler i'd look like an absolute clown so at this stage in the game i have not had anything done i have spoken to an injector about it and at this stage it's not in the foreseeable future for me but i really do hate when people aren't honest about what they've had done and then that standard of beauty is seen as the default for younger girls that you should look like that naturally when they don't look like that naturally. So I will actively make sure that I'm someone that if I ever get anything done, to be honest and canted with you about it and say, I got Botox here, or I got this done, and this is why I look different at this stage, nothing. But if you do have TMJ, I do really recommend looking into Botox because I've heard a lot of people have huge success. I think it's probably when you get the full dose. So I am going to look into doing that. But yeah, I would say tread carefully with cosmetic enhancements. I do think that if you've wanted to have something done forever and you now have the opportunity to do it and you think it's going to be really great for you and your self-esteem i don't think you shouldn't have the option to go and fix it but try not to fall into the trap of thinking that you need things done at a young age to be beautiful because that's categorically untrue and i do think that our generation is particularly bad for making people feel like they need to change how they look okay that is all for today guys thank you so much for tuning in as always please feel free to head to the kindest regards pod instagram or my instagram katherine ray robinson to ask any questions or suggest any topics for future episodes i absolutely love chatting to you guys and i will see you next week